Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! Hey there, hi there, ho there, it's Point Break Minute. Back with Point Break, Mern and Jessa, that's who we are, we're doing Point Break Minute. Oh yeah. That's right, Jessa. That's right. Where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of point break one min it at a time. Yeah, such a good bit. <laughs> um, minute one twenty. Oh, getting right to it. Okay. No, this is minute one nineteen. Oh, yeah, good catch. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even think about that. Minute one nineteen. Getting the number right is important. Yeah. In which. Wide-eyed Australian cops, Australian with air quotes, because you can definitely hear me doing that. Yeah. Um, watch Bodie eat it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good summation. I think all oh, this has been Point Break Minute. <laughs> uh, we'll see you on the flip side. And no. uh, Bodie, they, they watch in disbelief as Bodie falls into the surf of the ocean. Consumed by the extreme, <laughs> never to be seen again. Until point break two, Robody. Yeah. So it does. It does definitely look like he eats it pretty hard and is just kind of like sucked under the waves. Yeah. Probably knocked unconscious. He like kind of like body surfs. It looks very much not the same shot. Like it. It's very clearly not Oregon. A.K.A. Bell's Beach. Yeah, I don't know if I brought this up before. I might have, but uh, the recording schedule. <laughs> uh, we record recorded these episodes kind of far apart. Uh, but uh, with the size of the waves that we see in the Waimea shots, you, there's no evidence of that. Like they don't, they never hit the shoreline. No. In the scene that they're doing. No. It's like very clearly like stock footage and like yeah other shots yeah it's very clearly i mean it's clear even without that but also it's like oh that there would be like huge like they wouldn't be able to stand on the beach if the waves were that size no they would be just like washed away yeah so they have to have a scene on the beach they have to have their beach fight yeah and i don't really mind it i didn't even think about it until now when you watch it like as we have minute by minute second by second um it's inch by inch row by row Gonna make this garden grow. What the heck is that? That's a song I say in kindergarten about gardening. I thought it was like a Paula Abdul song or something. (laughs) Doesn't she have like a two steps forward, one step back? Yeah, I suppose you could say that's close. It has numbers in it. Yeah. Although what I said didn't really have numbers, but it was. It had units of measure. It had a a similar rhythm to it. The song you're referring to is, uh, it's the um. What what's that song called? It's the song she did with the cat, right? Yeah. Yeah. MC Scat Cat. Did she? Is yeah. it MC Scat Cat? Yeah, that's MC oh, Scat that Cat. Oh, that makes it cooler. It? I don't think it's MC Scat Cat. It's, it's Opposites Attract. That's what opposites it's called. Opposites Attract. Now, are Paula Abdul and MC Scat Cat opposites? Yeah, they're opposites, but they attract. Do they fuck? <laughs> I mean, you can only assume. <laughs> they're very attractive. I ship it so hard. Yeah, I mean, you're going to resist that cat? I don't know. No, no one can resist the scat cat. Are we we talking about the scat man? 
Are we talking? We're not talking about okay, Scatman. Okay, my whole this whole entire conversation, oh. I thought we were talking about the Scatman. By which you mean Scatman Crothers? Yep. From uh, from uh, oh, that's the Scatman. But there's also Scatman Crothers from The Shining. No, I meant I meant Scatman. It's easy to get confused with all these scat <laughs> scat people. Yeah, scat people and animals. I guess. Yeah. So who's Scat Cat then? So yeah, rate one. Who who is the coolest one? You know of the of the three. No, but like legitimately, who is who is Scat Cat? It's a cartoon cat. He's not like who a raps. He's not a human. No, he's not a person. Oh, he's well, a fictional I... cat. Okay, fine. Well, because he's a cat, obviously he's number one. Cats are better than humans. Yeah, even if it's a cartoon cat that raps. Eh, I don't know. I mean, can that really compare to the Scatman? I think the Scatman's pretty cool, Me but Scatman Crothers was in The Shining. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a pretty even playing field for They're all. They're all pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> let's get one thing straight. They're all awesome. So does that mean if I put the the word scat in my name? Does that make me cooler? Merscat Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> or Scat Moran. Scat Moran. Scat Moran. Scat Moran. Just Scat. Yeah, see, that works. Just Scat. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Okay. Well, that was uh, the ed- a little bit of education on um, Opposites Attract. Yes. A music video featuring MC Scat Cat. Who is not the Scat Man. Not the Scatman and not Scatman Crothers. Oh, yeah. All three different people. So, yeah, this, when we were watching it, like, we have minute by minute, it's very clear, like, the editing is funky. Yeah. In this, in this, in this past couple of minutes. They're, like, compositing, they're making a beach out of Waimea and Oregon to be Australia, mm-hmm. it it doesn't make a lot of sense. But there you go. But you're supposed to be caught up in the drama. Yes. You won't think about that. Yes. Now, as Bodhi is absorbed from whence he came, he... Maybe... We, does, does he... Is he taken into the ocean? And does, does he then become Aquaman? Yes. That's like his, that's, yes. this is Aquaman's origin story. Yes. I'm calling it now. Yes. I have not seen Aquaman yet. Well, the but only parts that matter of that movie are the parts of Willem Dafoe, so. And I don't know what his part in that is because I have not seen it. Yeah. But I'm just assuming that it picks up right where this leaves off. Yeah. And Bodhi has been recast, you know, because Patrick Twayze is no longer with us. R.I.P. So that's my, that's my theory. No, I. Just leaving it out yeah. there. No, I think it's more than a theory. I think it's actually the truth. Yeah. Well, I have Aquaman is on my Netflix queue. Is it? It is. I want to see it. Uh, it's a James Wan movie. James Wan also directed Furious 7, which is my favorite Fast Wait, and Furious movie. James Wan as in The Conjuring? Yes. James Wan. So. And Insidious. He directed a Fast and Furious movie? He did. Which one? Furious 7. Hmm. Which is my favorite. So. I appreciate him as a director. I also enjoy The Conjuring. Did he direct The Conjuring? Mm, I don't know. I think someone else. He might have been right. He might have written it, though. Or produced it. But I am a fan of him based on that, so I'm curious to see what he did with Aquaman. Fascinating. More on this (laughs) in a future podcast I might might be doing. 
don't I'm just play, teasing don't, this don't, bit by don't bit. Play, don't play coy. Everyone knows that you're doing this podcast. That's true. The cast and the Furious. Yeah. Coming to you this summer. Yeah. We'll probably have an ad for it drop in one of these next episodes. Yeah. And then uh, we'll you'll hear more about that soon. We'll talk more about James Wan. That's that's going to be several episodes away. Can So can I... Can I guess, and so I can just talk about James Wan. James Wan? Um, yes. And we discuss the pronunciation. I, I can talk about uh, how much I liked that movie we saw, Upgrade. Yeah, he was not involved with that either, but his friend yeah, was. Lee Whannell was. Lee They're Winnell just buddies? It. They're just friends. Well, then, I mean, I mean, they're like co-workers. Well, they co-work well, on things. Okay... I don't want to be on the James Wan minutes anymore. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind altogether. <gasps> never mind. I'm pretty sure he did do The Conjuring, though, didn't he? Director James Wan. There you go. There you go. Are you interested again? Yeah, a little bit Not more. as much. Not as much, but I, I am more. I think he's an interesting director. He had an interesting career path and done and most of the things he's... All the things I've seen, the two... The two movies that I've seen, which are The Conjuring and Furious 7, I've liked quite a bit. Yeah, and that's saying something, because Murren's not a scary movie person. This, Yeah, The Conjuring, I don't ever need to see it again, because it's scary. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary movie. But it was very effective, and uh, yeah, it was good. Fun fact, Murren and I saw it in the theaters when we were first dating. Yeah, very early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep, we were um, with a whole group of friends. Probably went so I could impress you. Oh, well, because I just wanted to spend time with you. I guess Aww. probably wasn't as much just like braggadocio. Like, oh, I can I can see a scary movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's sweet. I'm glad I did. Yay! Opening your eyes to the ho- the joys of horror. The horror. Opening the my horror. eyes to new horizons. Oh, I like it. I like it. We have to finish what happens in this minute. Yeah. Though. So James Wan falls into the water and directs Aquaman and Patrick's. I don't know what I'm, I'm just word salading. Yes. Um, he he falls into the water. Yes. Presumably become Aquaman. We talked about that. Yes. And the Australian cops do a like double take through the binoculars. They yeah, like hold like, him up. They go like what? And then they hold him back down and go up again. Yeah. It's kind of like that thing where, you know, you look at the person and you have your eyes closed. <laughs> and then you look away. And then you look back. And back. So this is a very physical joke for a podcast. But it's from uh, Waiting for Guffman, yeah, right? Yeah. Because that's all we do is regurgitate jokes at each other. That, I guess that's a kind of double take, isn't it? Not really. What? The thing where you look at <laughs> No, it's eyes. not. I guess it's not. That's showing that you're listening. And th- yeah, you're like talking to them and thinking about something, and then yeah. you're looking away to think about it, and then you like close your eyes and you're thinking and you're like talking to them like that. <laughs> it's such a good joke. <laughs> it's such a good joke. Um, next year's Halloween costume. We're gonna be um, Fred Willard and yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that'd be an easy one to do. It would be an easy one. Just to do. do a little hair loop, and then just wear track jackets and track pants. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, Gotta finish this minute. Yes. Before we do anything else. So, the cops do the double take. The sea overtakes Bodhi. Keanu is walking away. He's not even looking back. Looks at his badge. Tosses it in the water. Oh, yeah. He's over this shit. As he's doing that, 
the first strains of Nobody Rides for Free by Rat with two T's mm. start playing. We'll talk about this more in the next minute. We'll, we're going to save our rat notes for next minute. We'll talk yeah. about plenty to say about rat. So. But for now, he tosses his badge into the ocean. Yeah. And then the credits roll. We get our first minute of credits. Now, my question in is. In the after credit scene, Aquaman finds it on the bottom of the ocean. He's there like, we go. Ooh, this is interesting. It's shiny. Now, I'm an FBI agent. No, he's he's like the cr- the crab thing in Moana where his back oh, he's is like just shiny. covered in, in shiny things. Oh, yeah. So that's that would make Aquaman more interesting to me. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe there maybe there is a character like that. And if like he sings songs and is Jemaine Clements, that'd be great. Mo- Moana slash Aquaman slash Jemaine Clements. Yeah, just he, and he's the star of it. Yeah, yeah. I'd pay, there you go. I'd pay to see that. Um. Do you think it was Keanu's plan all along to toss his badge and be like done with the FBI as soon as he found Bodhi? That's a good. That's a good thought. I I think so. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's already kind of done. Like you, when you see him in the beginning of the sequence when he's in Australia and he has long hair, he's just denim. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He looks like it's a long. It's a long shot from his. Uh, a, a far, a far cry. I should say a far cry from his slick back hair suit yeah. wearing days. He's he's past that. Yeah. So it seems like he's already in a very different place, and he, you know the events that would have led him to want to give up his badge have already happened. I feel like. Yeah. Like anything that happened in these last couple of minutes is kind of just like just reaffirming that. If anything, yeah. But the main events that would have led to that decision have already happened. I feel like he just needed to resolve this one thing. And then be done. And then he's done. One last ride. Yeah. And then we're out. He made it. He made it to retirement. He did. Without dying. He did. So good job on him. Yeah. That's that's a pretty big feat. That's good. I'm proud. I'm proud of him. I think he's made the right choice here. Uh huh. I think we've uh, we've sort of thrown him a lot of a lot of sh- shit yeah. in this movie for not being very good at his job. But yeah. I feel like this is a good decision. Yeah. I feel like like this last bit of the movie he handled well. And the way he brought Bodhi in, like having the handcuffs there was like that was clever. He didn't he, bring Bodhi in though. Well he he was going to, but then he let him go. And I feel like the way he fought him and then like yeah. handcuffed him was clever. And then yes. the choice that he made to let him go was also it was just for the betterment of everybody. Just for the yeah, just for everyone's better off that way. He Tax made the right choice. He doesn't have to pay for him to be in jail. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't have to do we don't have to feed the See, it seems like he's m- industrial complex. He's more in tune with, you know, himself. Yeah. And just sort of the way things are. And you know, he's, he's in a better place now. Yeah. And I think this is the right decision. Now, we didn't sing <clears throat> Bodhi off. Well, you don't know if he's dead. You don't see the body. That's true. So are we just not going to sing him off? I don't know. So... It, doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. We've talked so much about, like... I don't want Point him break to be dead. Point Break 2, Yeah, I don't want him to be dead. And, we, you know, that, that still could happen. They yeah. could make a Point Break 2 and recast it. And, like, just because Patrick Swayze's dead. R.I.P. to Patrick. We can sing sing to Patrick Swayze if you want. Goodbye to you. Goodbye, Bodie. Your Bodie-licious boat. In the arms of the angels. Fly away. I like how we said it was going to be Patrick Swayze, but then we both just sang to, I just sang to Bodie specifically. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. 
he's probably dead. We, we needed to. We needed that closure. I felt like. I think you're right. We, we gotta have closure with all these uh, these unfortunate deaths in this movie. Yeah. It's very sad. So I did find the rat song coming in and Keanu tossing his badge in the water and not looking back at Bodhi's death. I found that all a little. It didn't have the same poignancy to me as it did, like, the first few times I've watched this movie. Like, watching it minute by minute, I'm like, well, you're just cheapening Bodhi's death now. What do you mean by that? I feel like there should have been a little bit more time spent on it. Before the rat song comes in? Yes. That's That was what struck me, too, I would say, is that, like, the song comes in and it doesn't have the tone that you'd want no. after, like, such a dramatic event. Yeah. The man that you've grown to love... Has just died. Wow. Love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it does sort of like, you have this great moment, you know, it's a great dramatic moment where Mm -hmm. he like goes into the waves, even though the editing is a little weird, but if you're watching it without doing a bit of by minute, I think it's really effective. Yeah. Uh, And you know, you see him go under Utah, doesn't look back. He's just walking away, throws away his badge. He's done. And then Rat comes in. And then Rat comes in and it just kind of reminds you like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be like a radical summer blockbuster movie. It's just cool, dude. This is a cool movie. Yeah. Like, and we just, it's like all these, like, bro surfer guys are, like, wiping away their tears and, like, oh, yeah. That cool was a movie. grind. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. I just, this is Coke raining on my face. Yeah, man. It was, it was so cool. Yeah. And, like, there was some, like, the, there's some, like, sappy scenes, but, like, I just like the surfing and, like, the shooting scenes, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that song, yeah, it seems a little inappropriate for the, yeah. how this movie ends. My hope is it wasn't Catherine Bigelow's decision that somebody else decided to do that. Yeah, I don't know. My hope is she was trying to make as good a movie as possible and as, like, dramatic and serious a movie as possible. And then the producers and writers and whatnot just decided to make things radical. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I. It, it, I don't like it, but I also don't hate it. It's like, it's fine with me. It does kind of fit the tone of the movie. It does. It's not a good song. I don't know. Like, I, I want to respect, I do respect Catherine Bigelow's ar- as artistry. Like, she made a lot of good movies. She did. Um, But she's also made she some has. bad ones uh, and like, like, that were missteps. Like, Detroit. Oh, I didn't, wasn't I didn't a fan see of. that. Uh, the other one, I haven't seen all of them. We still need to wrap up yeah. our viewing Yeah. at some point. Yeah. That will be after this podcast is over, so I guess it doesn't, we won't be able to report back on it as much. Yeah. Now. I've heard K-19 The Widowmaker is almost unwatchable, but that's that's a whole other story. Uh, you can listen, if you want to hear more, I'm going to do this, this is going to be an early recommendation. If you want to hear more about Catherine Bigelow's other movies, the Blank Check podcast did a whole series. Oh, did they? They did a whole series on Catherine Bigelow. Oh. It's a podcast I really enjoy, a good film podcast, and they, they do a series of d- different directors. They did one on Catherine Bigelow. You can hear about every movie she did. Do they did. talk about Point Break? They do. Do they like it? Yeah, they like Point Break. Good. Yeah, point, yeah and at the end, they do all their ratings. Okay. And Point Break, for, for both the guys, Griffin and David, was pretty high up on the list. Good. Why it's not number one, though, is, is confusing to me. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what their order was, but one of them had uh, Blue Steel as number one, I think. Oh, which Blue Steel I, is pretty good. I, I agree with that. Yeah, but Point Break's better because it has Bodhi. It does have Bodhi. Oh. Yeah. Blue Steel just has what? The Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. And other guy. I'm thinking of the other. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. I was thinking Clancy Brown. He's kind of like the closest you get to a Bodhi type. Yeah. Oh. And he's not. 
But he's still yeah. Clancy Brown. He's still you gotta Clancy love him. Brown. Yeah. Because I love Spongebob. I'm the Clancy. Gotta love me. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about the trip we took? We should talk about that. Yes. Um, I've started posting some pictures. Well, we'll start at the beginning. We went to the filming locations of these last several minutes. Yeah. To start off, we went to Wheeler, Oregon, which of which there is one shot, mm-hmm. one or two shots of Utah driving into the beach. Mm-hmm. That's a totally separate town, and it's actually not even on the ocean. No. It's it's a few miles away from the shoreline, and it's on a river riverside. Yeah. Uh, but it has a nice looking town front with like some funky looking buildings. Mm-hmm. Very poor community. Looks very run down. I looked at some facts about Wheeler before Martin and I visited it, and the average income per capita is like sixteen thousand dollars. That that is not a lot. No. That is that would be hard for those of you unfamiliar with the current <laughs> yeah. economic uh, situation yeah. here. That would um, be hard. Yeah, very. But you know, in small communities, it's it's a little bit more okay. Everyone kind of like you know, you have this sort of. Well, I would hope, I guess. I don't know for sure, but in smaller communities, I feel like you tend to have more of a support. Yeah. Of like you know, old old Joe doesn't you know he doesn't do too well on his own, but we have a group go over and just check in on him and uh, yeah. sort of bring him some groceries every now and then. You know, that's more likely to happen in a yeah. small town. Yeah. Um. So I hope that's the case there. I, I hope so. There were some nice stores we went into. There's an old antique store, which is pretty funky. There's, It's pretty much all antique stores. Yeah. It's either... And then there was a, a souvenir shop, which I actually... I thought there was a nice souvenir shop. Yeah. Shout out to the Wheeler su- uh, Souvenir Shop. It, they actually had, like, really good designs. They, had, they, they did. They made everything, like, that was, like, Wheeler-themed look, like, super 1960s, 1970s. Like, Love and Spoonful. Like, a little bit of 80s in there. Um... It looked really good. Yeah. I wonder how much of their, like, their tourism is based on, because there's, like, nothing else there. No. Like, what would their tourism be besides just, like, Point Break? Well, <laughs> but they don't have any Point Break stuff they there. They don't, and it's really frustrating because apparently in the antique shop that we went into, we're not sure which one because there's, like, it's only antique shops there. There's, like, one or two or three, maybe. There's three, I think. Yeah. Um... They have, uh, apparently one of them had a picture of Keanu Reeves on the wall that was, like, signed by him that said, to mom, um, until the year 2000. That's what the website said, so I don't know why they would ever take that down, because he's an angel. He's an angel, and we were too scared to ask the ladies in there if they still had it. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) They made us really nervous for some reason, even though they were probably really nice. Yeah. But the guy in the other shop, in the, the souvenir shop, um, was a little more, like, he just sort of, like, said hi to us, and it was, I don't know. We asked him, we talked to him about Point Break, and he, he thought that um, some of the driving scenes were actually filmed across the bridge in Nehalem, um, which is a town that's a little to the north of Wheeler. There's, like, a one- or two-minute drive away, but yeah. it's a, a different, different location. Yeah. I don't know if I... Th- think that's correct because i don't think we are, are able to see anything but who knows um, he, yeah he was good to talk to so we went to wheeler and then uh, after that later that day we went to indian beach which is the final filming location of this movie yeah the big set piece of the fight that we, we just saw in this minute um, yeah. and, and everything earlier with the australians and this was interesting I, it, in a way it was sort of hard to see it um i we guess went because on a sunny day we went on a sunny day 
And it's been 20, 30, almost 30 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Like 28 years. No. Just refuses to accept the passage of time. Yes. Um, but this was, uh, I think they, you see them walking along a boardwalk to yes. get on the beach. And that boardwalk is almost gone, all gone. Yeah. We were able to find the beginning of it, but there's a, there's a sign blocking it off saying you can't go any further because of landslides. Mm -hmm. So that's just shut down now. So there's another way to get down to the beach. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was a nice beach. I thought it was a very nice. It was beach. a very nice beach. We spent a lot of time clambering over the rocks, some of the rocks that you see in the background of uh, those scenes. Um, we were able to find that bridge. We also what else did we we see? Um, we took some pictures, pretending that we were Keanu and Bodhi. Yeah. Those were cool. We'll post some some of those pictures, the ones that turned out a yeah. little better. Yeah, um, it was it was it was fun. It definitely didn't feel like, oh, here we are, the summation of, like we're home. I didn't feel that. No, it was just it was a cool beach. Yeah, it was just a nice beach. And then, like, we didn't see Bodie's footsteps or anything like that. I know. I mean, I could kind of feel his presence, but only kind of. Um. Then we called the uh, Oregon Film Museum, which is in Astoria. To see if they had any Point Break related things. They said, no, except we do have um, this like green screen that you can act in front of and you can act out scenes from Point Break. So we drove up to Astoria, which is maybe about like 45 minutes away from Wheeler. Mm -hmm. There is no green screen to act out Point Break there. No, there wasn't anything Point Break at all. It was all Goonies all the time. And I'm mad. Oh, you do see the train station. Yeah, we're just rewatching the. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, we just rewatched the minute where he drives through Wheeler, and uh, there's there are two shots. The first shot, I think, the guy was talking about in the surfing store, yeah. the the souvenir shop, was just a shot of him driving. Yeah, there's like you cannot see. So that may have been in the Halem, but you wouldn't be able to tell for sure yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, I guess it makes sense because it's like a nice stretch of road yeah. where there's not much else going on. So. But then, yeah, you can clearly see that it's Wheeler, and then there's a little train station. And you can't tell it's a train station in this, but it is. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a train. We read about it. It goes, just goes up and down a few different uh, coastal towns, just as, like, a, a fun thing. I don't think it's around anymore, though, because of landslides and erosion. Oh, you can see the train tracks, even. Yeah. yeah and they put up, they, they clearly put up uh, signs that say Torque, Bells Beach, and Beach Access, but... There's not really any beach yeah. access. It and, just goes down to the river. Yeah, in real life, it's this, like, swampy-looking river with a really nice little park. There's um, a nice riverfront park. Yeah, yeah. it's small, but it's... Uh... It, all the flowers are in bloom when we were there. There was supposedly a restaurant that was next to the park that was um, had a picture of, of Bodhi and Keanu, but that restaurant was closed at the time we went, so we couldn't go inside and see. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, uh, good, good fun going to the locations. Mm -hmm. We were able to tell, you know, that where they were. Um, but uh, as much as you know, you should go to the Oregon Museum of Film, yeah. Oregon Film Museum. It's it was pretty fun, but also boo to them because they didn't have any Point Break stuff. They should have had at least was, a thing. Yeah, they did have a wall of just, how every just acknowledging it. At yeah, least. exactly. They did have a wall of how everything is connected to Corey Haim. They did have that. And that was kind of weird. And there was a reference to Point Break on that wall. Yeah. But 
not enough of a reference. So if you like the Goonies, go do that. It's mostly Goonies. It's a little bit of Free Willy. A little bit, yeah, a little bit of Free Willy. That's right. And a little bit of The Shining, which The Shining wasn't even filmed in Oregon. It was. I don't know. I think there was like there's like an exterior shot. I forget. It's like there's an exterior shot of the hotel on Mount Hood, the timber. Oh, the timber timberline. Timberline hotel. The timber lodge. But I, I think there might be an exterior shot. But I, what I know for sure is that like they based the design of the sets on the design inside the timberline. I, but I, I don't know if it was actually used. No, I don't think it was. I think, I think there might there might have been some exterior shots because there was also but that for sure Jack Nicholson did not shoot did not go there like they no. it was just like exterior and um so it's like even less of a connection than Point Break yeah, Point Break is, they actually came to Oregon yeah like they, come on Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze filmed in Oregon come on um I thought what's that hotel in Yosemite that we went to. Oh, you're really challenging me with that, my memory here. I'll look it up real quick. Vamp, Jessa. Well, Mervyn and I went to this hotel in Yosemite where Mervyn was working for a summer. And the big hotel there is um, also supposedly Awani. The Awani Hotel is also... The the Timberline and the Iwani were two hotels that were like the basis for the design yes. of the the Shining Hotel. Yes, and I, I I don't remember which it is. I think they filmed a little bit in the Timberline. I don't believe the Iwani they filmed there at all, but they just based some of the design. But it it does like walking into the Iwani, it was like I see it. Yeah, you can totally tell the the, the way the the carpeting looks and the walls yeah. look. It's a very distinctive design. Yeah, very nice hotel. Yeah, <laughs> it's some good times. So is the Timberline. Uh, yeah, they're both very very nice hotels. Yeah. Uh, we had some fun in uh, Yosemite. My my uh, my acting partner going and uh, having meals there. Oh yeah, we get like little little charcuterie plates. Cute. That's uh, a treat every now and then. It was a uh, felt pretty swanky. It it was very swanky. I remember we had smoked trout, and I was still eating fish. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing that we'd get, yeah. and it came with like uh, pickled onions and like mm-hmm. cheeses and crackers and all sorts of different things. Yeah. Uh, I remember once we saw a bear uh, in that in the yard yeah. of the Iwani eating apples out of an apple tree. Cute. That's kind of like the ultimate uh, maroon experience, I feel like. Like, yeah. I like nature, but I also like comfort. Yeah. It's like staying at a really nice hotel in the mountains. Yeah. Where I can just, like, be in a hot tub eating charcuterie, but also see a bear climbing a tree at and the same time. And eating an apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's Wait, very I'm eating maroon. the apple or the bear is eating the bear is eating the, the apple. The bear is eating the apple. Yeah. Yeah. They shake, they get, climb up the trees and they shake them. The apples yeah. fall down and they eat them off the ground. We did see park rangers chasing the bears. Yeah. Times. Yeah, because they have to get them away from the, like, more, more public areas. Yeah. And they have, like, they have, really like these special, like, trank guns. I, yeah. I think they, they either, I mean, it must have been a tranquilizer, like, just in case, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think they also sometimes use, like, just noisemakers yeah. to scare, to, like, help them move. Fun fact, because I like to tell everybody this. My uncle has survived a grizzly bear attack, and he is one of the few people who has. That is a very fun fact. Yeah. Not fun for him. But well, it's good that he survived. It's very good that he survived. It was fun once he once he recovered, I'm sure. And he was like, I'm still alive. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, it was seriously like The Revenant. And yeah. he survived. That's crazy. And he, yeah. My uncle is basically Philip Glass. Is that his name? <laughs> Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass. Philip Glass is the, the avant-garde. He's basically uh, Philip Glass. Composer. 
and like you know, com- com- powers combined into one person. That's yeah. uh, that's a hell of a guy. Yeah, surviving a bear attack and composing minimalist classical music. Wow. Wow, what can I say? We've been talking for a really long time. This is an unusually long episode for us. Yeah. So are, are we going to do recommendations? I already did mine. I'm going to recommend Blank Check. Yeah. I guess I'll do it. I'm going to keep it short, but I okay. have seen a couple of new movies lately. I'll recommend Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it pretty well. I thought it was a fun little gangster movie. You know, it gets into the, the psychology of sort of being on the run and doing doing the outlaw life. Mm-hmm. Made in, I think, 67. So it kind of fit. You can tell how it fits into like what was going on in the 60s and how people kind of related to that. Uh, Faye Dunaway is great in it. Um, Warren, uh, what's his name? Beatty. Warren Beatty. I, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. He has actually, he actually, I was looking at his filmography. He has not made very many movies. He's one of those guys who does like one every three years. Hmm. And then later on, one every 10 years, maybe. Hmm. Uh, but he just became like a big movie star and you kind of like do whatever he wants. And he just wants to do like a movie every now and then. I wasn't impressed with him in this. I didn't think his acting was very good. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad, but it was just like in comparison to uh, Faye Dunaway and even uh, Michael G. Pollard. I don't remember. Michael J. Pollard. Well. Yeah, you were kind of zoning out, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. It was decent. I, I'd, I'd recommend it, especially for the, those elements. Cool. Um, last night, Murrin and I saw Ronan. Um, second time through for Murrin. Yeah, actually, the first time I saw Ronan was in Yosemite as well. We used yes. to set up movies on a on a laptop and watch them outside in the in the campsite. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I made you guys watch both the old House on Haunted Hill and yes, we the did. new House on Haunted Hill. Um, and just for context, I worked in Yosemite for a summer doing a children's show. Yosemite with my friend Joe Semity. Yeah, uh, doing a children's show with this other guy. And uh, I just we lived there for a summer in this little cabin that was just kind of like an out outdoor uh, kind of cabin. It's not a cabin. It was like a fucking tent with floors. It was a tent with yeah, a tent with a structure like ish. But it had a, it had a front screen door, but you're basically outside. Yeah. Uh, and I stayed we I stayed there for a summer, and Jessica came to visit for a week. Yep. And that was before we lived together. Yep. So we were just sort of getting more serious, and it was a really nice visit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you continue now. I just wanted to give context. Yeah. Um. We saw. So we saw Ronan. Ronan was, I thought, pretty good. Well, you, well, you were saying you you made us watch House on ha- the the original House on Haunted Hill and the remake. Yeah. Um. Because I love Vincent Price. Yeah. And then I had to see what the remake was like, which is not good. It's not good. It's yeah. It's a fun like sort of nine, very nineties, very nineties, but not in not in a delightful way in a. This isn't Vincent Price kind of way. No, it's not Vincent Price. Vincent Price is what makes that movie. Not the plot. Vincent Price. Yeah. So anyway, um, Ronan. Ronan. Um, I liked Ronan. I thought it was cool and it was it didn't insult my intelligence as much as I feel like some other movies do. Mm-hmm. Um, it really doesn't baby you with the plot or with what's going on. It just throws you right in there. And I like that because it left me going, wait, what's happening? What? Mm-hmm. Um, and being like, did I miss something? Did we start in the middle of the movie? And I like that. Yeah. Um, it, do- it keeps a very nice level of that. It's not so much that you're just like tuning out, but it's enough so yeah. that you're like trying to keep up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and without, without spoiling anything, I'd say I was not a huge fan of the end. Um, there were definitely some flaws in the movie, but Jonathan Bryce was in it, so how can you complain? 
This is what made me think of another podcast idea, which would be so niche that no one would really listen to it. Mm-hmm. The Price is Right, exploring the filmography of Jonathan Price. And I'm here for it. <laughs> I would love to do that podcast, but yeah. like it would have no listeners. No. But the, the listeners that we had would be so dedicated. They would. Because we would find the people who appreciate Jonathan Price as much as you do. Yeah. And we would just we would just talk about his one scene in Glengarry Glen Ross and how it's really good. Yeah. It always comes back to that. Yeah. Yeah, we'd, that would be an interesting uh, exploration because you get a lot of different kinds of movies. Yeah. He's had a long career. He's been in a lot of different things. You get a lot of real bad stuff. You get a lot of bad stuff, but a lot of good stuff. Yeah. You get everything from, you know, uh, Brazil is starring. Yeah, we still have to watch Brazil. Wait, he stars in that? Yeah, he's like the main character in Brazil. Okay, you lead with that. I thought I did. I, don't, I must have not described it properly enough to you. But I want to watch it now. You get like that, and then you get like Pirates of the Caribbean, and but he, you get the I new like Don Quixote him. movie. You get Ronan. Yeah. You get, you get that one James Bond movie. You get a James Bond movie. Yeah. You get so a lot, a lot of variety. Yeah. So Price is Right coming soon to uh, headphones near you. There you go. I guess that's recommendations. Mm-hmm. You just kind of stop talking there, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Point Break Minute. We're going to end it because we've been going a little bit longer than we usually do and we're yeah. tired. Yeah. And it's hot in the studio. Yeah. Ugh. Point Break Minute, brah. Woo!